Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Thursday, June the 10th, and we are going to talk about some off-season priorities with our buddy Tyler Sullivan. In the feed, if you want to know everything about Aaron Rodgers, because you haven't heard enough about him this off-season, uh, you can check out a discussion with our good friend Jason Lockenfora, where he breaks it all down. Interesting approach. You know, the narrative has started to turn on Rodgers a little bit, um, but JLC kicks that speculation to the curb and uh you can also watch jlc i actually just saw jlc oh look there's my name on cbs sports hq right now cbs sports hq is the network to start your sports news day with at 8 a.m eastern with the morning buzz an hour of highlights news and all the days need to know come back or just leave it on all day at 6 p.m as we break down the night's action release dozens of picks from the best analysts and cappers in the sports world how do you watch hq it's easy. Go to your Roku, Apple TV, Fire TV, really almost any connected TV, and look for the CBS Sports app. Fire it up. Check out HQ, the only 24-7 free streaming sports network, also available on Pluto TV, and I believe on Paramount+, Plus, which would be crazy if it wasn't. Um, you know who might know better than me? Tyler Sullivan. What's up, buddy? How you doing? What's going on, Will? And yes, yes, that is all, all there on Paramount+. Plus. Yes. Um, so is the new iCarly, by the way. That's coming out, too. I'm very excited about that. I, that's a little bit before you, but... Okay. As, as I was younger, it's an iCarly. It was a Nickelodeon after show. Me, after me. After it was after you. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, know. I know about iCarly, but I don't – I never watched it. I, it was like just as I was getting out. That Just as I was getting like, you know what, I'm, I'm a little too old for this. now. But mm. it's – it's uh, I'm excited for it because they're all grown up now. They're drinking beers. It's very exciting. Mm. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So it's sort of like um... – Maybe a boy meets world type of thing. Yeah, it's basically kind of what they're doing. You know how like they went to college and all that. Like you know, I think. I guess you didn't really watch Saved by the Bell. No, I was with Boy Meets World. I was there for that. Saved okay. by the Bell. Uh, I was a little bit too young for that one. Yeah, so Saved by the Bell was the thing for us. I guess Boy Meets World came on a little bit later. We had, you know, I mean, like I was, uh, you know, my peak. This is this is very. Like speaking of peak, <laughs> pick six podcast and like get off onto a tangent about um uh, uh TGIF, but like perfect strangers, family matters, um full house, yeah, all were like like at the pinnacle of my too young to do anything on a Friday. Still want to like hang like you know, but want to watch TV, you know, some nice, innocent, wholesome, funny television that you know, age. I don't really know how old that is. I guess like 10 to 12 or something. Or 10 yeah, to that's about right. Full House is probably like 95. Yeah, right. It has to be. I mean, that's like, you know, mid 90s prime Full House. I didn't even know. It was that's Fresh Prince area. That's that's the oh, whole, the whole nine. Huge for me. Yeah. Um, the so Full House 87 to 95. Yes. I mean, yeah. you know, when I, I'm, you know, six to 14, you know, that's six. I'm not really watching a bunch of Friday night television, yeah. but. Um, you know, you to- that that's more Saturday morning cartoon area. Right. But like eight to fourteen is peak. Oh, I yeah. can't leave my house. 
I have no <laughs> physical way of leaving my house. And my parents, you know, maybe 14, you're getting to the movies or something like that. No. Nope. Uh, anyway. Um, well, I don't know. Oh, Paramount Plus. Yes, that's right. Exactly. That's how I access it for my, my I have an LG smart TV with a Paramount Plus uh, little thing on the, like you hit the home button, you can just go to Paramount Plus. It's, re it's really quite nice. Oh. Smart by the folks who uh, pay our salaries to figure that out. Um, anyway, Aaron Rodgers, uh, just really quickly touch on it with you. I know Debo said we're not going to talk about it, but I mean, it is, it is a thing. He's not at minicamp. Where, where do you stand on this? Um, I mean, it, to me, with Aaron Rodgers, it's it's kind of – I think he's being inspired by – and, and I, I saw it firsthand. I don't always love to go to the Patriots. But with Tom Brady, I I, I, right. I, I do notice that I think he kind of, you know, awoken a lot of these quarterbacks where they go, okay, well, you know, I, if I don't love my situation, I can leave. I think that there was this stigma of, well, it's really hard to change franchise. You have to learn a whole new system. You have to gain chemistry with all these new players, these pass catchers, an offensive line, a coach. Brady kind of was just like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'll go to Tampa and immediately wins the Super Bowl. I think that that now is foolproof. You know, there's probably a lot of quarterbacks that say, you know, I could probably do it. But now you actually look at an example as Brady saying, wow, okay, I really can make an impact in year one. And I think Rodgers, who, you know, I think we would all agree, probably should have more than one Super Bowl on his resume at this yes. point, is looking resume-wise and saying, I need to act quick, and if I'm on a team that's not building around me, I need to go to a place that maybe will build around me or already has pieces in place that I can go and contend for a Super Bowl with. So I don't fault him trying to solidify his legacy. That's something very similar to what Russell Wilson said earlier this offseason to Dan Patrick. At the end of the day, it's his legacy that's on the line here. So to me, I don't I don't necessarily fault him for that. Uh, and I think the other thing, too, that – you're, I think you're spot on. The Brady stuff, Tom. You know, we we saw the shots of Russell Wilson in at the Super Bowl, and he's you know you're at the Super Bowl with Roger Goodell accepting the most prestigious off-field award you could possibly get in the NFL for being a good human being, and you're with your wife. I'm sure, your kids are there. You know, and he looked miserable because he he realized that Tom Brady. I think the other. I guess my the point is Tom Brady. Not just showed, hey, look, you can go somewhere else and win. You don't have to just win in your situation. But also, you know, when you're a really good quarterback, you can, and you go somewhere else, you can sort of command, you can ask for things and they might give them to you. And I think Rodgers and Russ are frustrated by the fact that they don't have as many rings as Tom Brady that they could. And they probably believe that they would if their teams had been as, um, had, would acquiesce to their request in the way that the Bucs did. But it's not, you know, as much as I'm pointing to like rings and, and, and contention and stuff like that, there's also that just, you know, I, I don't even want to, I don't even really know how to qualify it, but just the the open honesty between the franchise. The, you know, the Patriots and Bill Belichick, it was a very clear hierarchy. You know, Brady was a player, Belichick's the decision maker, head coach. He goes to Tampa Bay and, you know, hey, I'd like to bring Gronk back. All right, well, Bruce Arians, Jason Light, we'll go get him. We like Antonio Brown. All right, great, we'll go get him. There was a collaborative effort there. And yes. even going back to this draft where, where Brady's, you know, very aware that they're probably going to draft Kyle Tra Kyle Trask. And you look at Aaron Rodgers' situation, he didn't even know that they were yes. going after Jordan Love. So it's that part of it, too. It's not so much, uh, you know, the contention and winning and all that, but it's more collaborative when you move to an organization like that. And just to pat myself on the back, which is something I like to do frequently, I pointed this out when he went – when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. Uh, the, the, the examples I used – were uh, both Under Armour and Uggs. 
and to an extent, like some of the TV 12 stuff too, but like Tom Brady doesn't want to be a shill. He didn't want to just be the guy who shows up and plays quarterback. He wants to be a partner and he wants a collaborative effort. And I think he, I I really believe he, I've said this for a long time about Under Armour and Uggs. Like he's, you know, he didn't, he's not getting a check. I mean, probably is getting a check, but he's, you know, he's got, he's got equity in these companies. So it, 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 it's not just, you know, a lot of times with these athletes, when you do the interviews, you know, they're just getting paid to do appearances and they're not, they don't care if they help promote the product. Like, like, it, great. For instance, if Tom Brady was was one of those those guys just trying to get the ad money and all that stuff, he would have done a million Dunkin' Donuts commercials up right. in New England for about the twenty years that he was career he was here. He and takes, he sips a fake cup of coffee because he doesn't drink it. He just dumps it out. Yeah, exactly. He would he would, he, he would have been all about it. And you know, he actually he's very meticulous in what he picks. From what I've noticed, in what he picks in terms of his ad deals, and and he and, and it and it helps to sort of it only. You know, burnishes his legacy because these are elite companies that he partners himself with. And, and I really think that he went to Bruce Arians and, and Jason Light. He said, look, I love what you guys are. You know, I love the thought of Tampa. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I do want to have a collaborative effort. I don't want to tell you who to draft and who to do, but like, I want to have some collaboration. I think, I think you're onto something. I think Rogers and Russ are frustrated by that lack of uh, collaboration. And, but you know what? You signed the contract. So that's true. This part of that as well. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some teams with stuff to do this offseason. Uh, you wrote an article determining Aaron Rodgers, Julio Jones' future headline, biggest remaining offseason priorities for each NFL team. And naturally, it got blown up immediately because the Falcons. Pretty quickly. Pretty yeah. quickly. You, would you write this on uh, June 4th? Yes. Did them on June 7th? Is that who sticks? It had, a, it had a nice little three-day weekend, whatever whatever it was going to be. And then oh, it came out on fr- yeah, Friday, June 4th. Yeah. Yeah. Because tomorrow, my anniversary, June 11th. Wow. Congratulations. 10 years. 10 years. We went to Pinehurst for our anniversary. Whoa. All right. I like it. I, I pulled that off. That was actually my wife's idea. <laughs> She's probably listening right now. Um, a little mini, mini anniversary trip. Anyway. Nice. Um, the Raiders are a team that you uh, said to focus in on for their future, and you want to keep you want to keep their phone lines open. Talk to me about why the the Raiders should keep their phone lines open as a big offseason priority. And so, you know, Debo was asking me last night over email, like, "All right, list a few teams that we want to talk about here." And I know that this podcast gets a lot of flack for going against the Raiders, so I want to talk about them almost. They are not necessarily the Raiders. That's true, but I also just want to put them in a positive light. Not so much Derek Carr here, but put them at the forefront because I do think that there is an underrated storyline here with the Raiders this off season. And we look at these, we were just talking about the two biggest quarterbacks this off season that we're talking about potentially leaving their franchise. What is the one thing that those guys have in common on top of other things, but they both were interested or reportedly interested in joining the Las Vegas Raiders. Both of those, they were on the wish list. They were both being talked about as potential destinations, maybe not the favorite, but they were both on there. And, and I think at the time, a lot of us were like, wow, really? The Raiders? Why would you want to go there? Okay, well, maybe Wilson, you know, Sierra could do something there. Maybe some business opportunities there for Aaron Rodgers. He gets into the AFC West. It's a little bit difficult, but we'll see. And I just wonder, is in, we're still very new into the Vegas transition for the Raiders. And is that 
going to be a destination for a lot of these these players, these star athletes. You know, it's a little bit more NBA-ified, if, if, if I can use that as a – or make up a word here, but it reminds me of like – podcast yeah make up words please it reminds me a little bit of like the miami heat like whenever the whenever there's a star player available it's always like the heater in the conversation whether it's like Kawhi, you know dame lillard westbrook whoever it's going to be the heat are always in that conversation and the past two biggest quarterbacks that we you know recent memory that are requesting a trade here come the the raiders kind of out of nowhere they're the only kind of common common theme a little bit as we're looking at these teams so to me if you're even in the discussion with these guys wanting to play for your organization, as much as you may like Derek Carr and what he brings to the table, I, I think I saw the NFL and CBS app, uh, a Twitter account post that like the only quarterbacks that pose a low TD to interception ratio over the past two years, it's like Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Derek Carr. But in all reality, we know that you know two of those guys are similar, but not so much Derek Carr. To me, if you're looking to upgrade that position and two guys of that caliber are looking at you, Let's see what happens. We all know what we something might happen here with Aaron Rodgers. I know you talked about it with JLC. We'll see what happens as we move forward with that. We're not at OTA, not to start a mandatory mini camp. And a lot of people think the Broncos are the team, but let's not sleep on the Raiders here. You can always outbid somebody. It's not it's not a lock just because a lot of people think that's where he's going to end up. Let's see what the Raiders do here. Keep the phone lines open. That's that's the biggest thing here. Yeah, I I like it. I mean, this is. So the Packers are said they're not trading. I don't think the Seahawks are not trading Russell Wilson. And I no, think this Russell point now going up to yeah. OTAs and, and putting that on Instagram. And it, look, you're we're you're probably almost too old for this, but you know, we, we both get it. Um, when you you know, when it, when a athlete when an athlete in 2021 post, you know, when Russell Wilson's had the offseason that he's had, and there's all the rumors and the stuff that he said and trade banner and 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 all, we've talked about all this stuff, and then he posts an Instagram of flying into Seattle for OTAs, it, that is that is him saying, I'm, everything's, not everything's gone. It's not bridge, water under the bridge, but it's, I'm moving forward to play for the Seahawks in 2021, and I'm not going to be talking. I mean, that's sort of the message I get. Is that, is that, am I, I mean, maybe I'm an old man and I don't get it, but I think, I think when an athlete does that in 2020, it's like scrubbing, you know, if you, if you went to your Instagram and you scrubbed it of all things CBS, you know, you're sending a message. Right. That's Instagram, right. Instagram posts are messages to me. And it's, it's, it's the same thing that we started this whole saga with. The second we were hearing about him, you know, wanting to be traded. Oh, here are a list of five teams that he would be enjoy going to. Like, you know, it's a, there are certain signs that he, there are certain messages that are getting po posted out there. And when it's something positive like that, you know, Wilson can just post on his Instagram, touching down in, into Seattle, getting ready to work. It's a, it's a clear signal that things have, the fences have been mended there. And Pete Carroll even said as much heading into that. So it's not much, so much Russell w Wilson. It's more so Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, even as we wait to see what happens with Deshaun Watson and all that, like, you know, once he gets, his, if he gets his off the field stuff cleared out, still wants to get traded. I'm just curious to see if Las Vegas is a bigger draw than we're giving it as opposed for these star players, whether, it, and more specifically quarterbacks, but, you know, any of these guys that become available. I'm, I'm just curious to see that development as we go forward here because it's still very early in the Vegas era. Well, I mean, the only year that they played in Vegas, no fans. Yeah. And Vegas was shut down. So, yeah, I mean, Vegas is – I mean, if I were if I were in my 20s and single and a professional athlete, I mean, I'd almost have to – I'd be like, look, listen, you know, it's, you know, sometimes you need to – you need in like a, a – you need an app on your phone that 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 puts time limits on certain apps. Yeah. Maybe they even have that. I don't know. But, you know, like, like I don't need to be tweeting after 
10 p.m. Really, just for the sake of my my employment. That's um, probably it, right. Or or you know, like if I could press a button that's like I've had two beers. Turn off like shut down Twitter. Um, ah, there you go. Patrol butts at Patrol butts. Debo, if you're watching on YouTube and you can watch on YouTube, uh, oh, this is from 2019. Thank goodness. Um, Raiders for life. His his Twitter handle is at Patrol butts. Just deleted the pick six podcast for my favorites at Will Brinson. Not listenable if you're a Raiders fan at John Breach. Unfortunately, Patrol Butts, you uh, you you spelled your wrong. Oh, that's all. It's it's always your. It's always it's always. Yeah, it's always your. Um, always. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, anyway, yeah, I think that um, yeah, that's a good one. I think Las Vegas would be in, it would be enticing for sure yeah. for these players. I think in. Um, we'll see how much draw there is, but certainly if, if Aaron Rodgers is traded or if Deshaun Watson is traded, then it would make sense that Las Vegas should get involved because there's some heat being cranked up on John Gruden and he's pushing it off on Mike Mayock. Uh, and just to kind of go behind the curtain a little bit too, like, you know, you're going through in, in, and as you read the article, you know, some of its philosophies, some of its actual moves that these teams need to make. And when I'm looking at the Raiders, you know, we've talked about this a couple of times, and and here I go kind of dumping on the Raiders right now. But, like, we don't know what this offseason really was. They kind of, you know, shook up an offensive line that was already borderline elite or or elite. They added Kenyon Drake when they already had Josh Jacobs. They just kind of made a lot of puzzling moves that didn't – that I don't know if they're trying to rebuild, contend. They're kind of on the fence for me. And I think it's – you know, if you are able to get one of these quarterbacks, it clears things up a lot more. It's one of those – completely washes away any questions that you have because you have this elite guy. And that's the number one thing for them right now. They need to get it figured out. You know, as much as they may say they like Derek Carr, there's always going to be the rumblings of, well, is, is week eight going to be when Marcus Mariota maybe takes over? And when you're starting to have those conversations with a guy that you quote-unquote love, then you're still looking for that guy. Yeah, and look, Derek Carr has – $2.5 million in guaranteed money left on his final two years of his contract. That is, you can say whatever you want. This is not an, uh, an indictment of Derek Carr. But I said, when John Gruden took over, maybe it's been forever ago, maybe they restructured his, maybe they gave him a new deal or whatever it was. But, uh, you know, his contract was structured in such a way that, you know, he's 30 years old. They can get out of this. If, yeah. if they traded for Aaron Rodgers, they can cut Derek Carr t- today. And there's almost no financial ramifications for them over the short or long haul. And there's an emphasis for this organization organization specifically because you're looking at a division now with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and if you don't get Aaron Rodgers, the most likely other team is going to be the Denver Broncos. And, and now you're talking about facing those three, uh, you know, you could say Justin you know, Herbert, Pat Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers six times. That's probably six Five. losses. That's probably six losses. So it's like – you know, you're at a real make or break point here when you're talking about potential quarterback movement. And again, if any of these guys say they like your city and are intrigued about joining you, you know, you talk about it, like I said earlier, a lot with the NBA, whenever these guys say that they like Houston or they post an Instagram story about, hey, loving, loving Boston, loving Philadelphia, you start to have those wheels turning. Oh, is he going to join the Sixers in free agency? Is he going to join the Celtics in free agency? I wonder if we're going to get that a little bit with these quarterbacks now, especially with Vegas. The uh, New England Patriots have to make the list. Of course, right? Right. Not because you're a Patriots guy. I mean, the Patriots are – the Patriots didn't make the playoffs last year for the first time 
and since 2008, when Tom Brady tore his ACL yep. and Matt Castle actually won a bunch of games, but they missed the playoffs because the Dolphins were randomly good with the Wildcat, which, man, that seems as old as Full House. Um, for you, what is the biggest Patriots offseason priority? And this one still holds true. And, and there was some news that developed over the weekend or over the past couple of days since I wrote the article that kind of really put this even more into focus. And it's simply just to get Mac Jones ready to go. It, it's so baseline. It's so simple. But at the end of the day, the Patriots have four quarterbacks on the roster right now. And, and that's really tough to kind of really get things into a full swing. You got to remember that Cam Newton did not have an offseason last year. So he's still kind of figuring stuff out, trying to rebound off of a off of a so-so first year in New England. But you're also, if you're Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, trying to get your first round pick in order. So there is a, a weird juggling act to go along here as you're eventually going to make the change, whether whenever it's going to be. You know, it, it could be in the middle of this year. It's probably not going to be week one. Or do you just put him in bubble wrap and – and you keep him for 2022. Whatever the case may be, Mac Jones at one point will be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. It's just when can you start to do that? And, and the reason why I said it's probably going to be more into the focus now is because late last week, Cam Newton hurt his hand or his finger or whatever whatever it is, his throwing hand, in practice during OTAs. He reportedly you know, might have hit it over a helmet as he's following through with the throw. And it seemed like he was in relative pain. Doesn't look like he's going to be participating much. They reportedly say it's not serious, but again, you're you're missing valuable practice time reps. And so for right now, that's bad for Cam Newton, but it could be good for Mac Jones. You have all of this time now with the ones from everything that reporters have seen down at Gillette. It seems like he's been the number two guy after Cam Newton in all of these OTA seven on seven, 11 on 11 reps. So now if he jumps up to the first team, that can only help the young guy. And so for me, when I say why you have to get him ready, it's not only if Cam Newton is, you know, the same quarterback that we saw last year that just a, a great got threat with his legs at the red zone, but an, an inconsistent passer. But what happens if, if he's not healthy? You know, you know, as much as we talk about this hand injury kind of being a fluke thing, he hasn't been the healthiest guy over the past few years of his career. You know, you know, he was pretty much healthy last year outside of COVID, but you know, in Carolina, you know this. Well, it just he he's had these injuries towards the latter half of his career. So you don't you don't want to get caught, you know, not having Mac Jones ready if you have to thrust him in there. We saw what that happened with Jared Stidham at times, and it kind of broke him a little bit. So to me, get the young kid ready. He's your clear future. Use this time now so we can get ready to go. Last year in 15 games of the Patriots had 137 rushing attempts, which was the second highest total of his career. Cam Newton did. That's a lot of wear and tear on a guy with a, you know, who's had a bad shoulder. I mean, not, I'm not saying that Cam's going to wear down, but each one of these hits, even when Cam is running forward, and I think those hits tend to be less damaging than the pocket hits, but each one of these hits, I mean, you know, you suffer a shoulder injury. There's a Patriots team that spent a ton of money this offseason. You don't spend a bunch of money in free agency. And, and then, you know, like, this is not a, Hey, we're trying to figure it out for 2024. This is a, I'm mad that Tom Brady won the Super Bowl and I didn't make the playoffs. I know that people, I know the streets are talking. I know what they're saying about my legacy. It's a Bill Belichick spending money, being aggressive in the open market, being aggressive in the draft and trying to win a lot of football games this year. And he believes he can do it. I, I think it's entirely possible, but I, I think this is where you're right about, the Mac Jones thing being more important than trying to find a true number one receiver. And obviously the Julio yeah. Jones thing assailed. If cam is a gets hurt or B 
is is and we don't we don't I don't think we know yet because you know, if you're looking on YouTube, you can see Cam Newton's game log that Devo has helpfully pulled up here. Look at those first those first three games. He was the first uh, yeah three games. He was a lot better than I think people give him credit for. And he looked like he was comfortable in that offense, and he looked like he was going to produce really well. Then he gets COVID, misses the KC game, and was frankly just terrible after that. And and I and we don't know if it was the off season, if it was the physical toll of COVID. Uh, it has affected a lot of different people very differently um, across the country and across the world. And it, some athletes, particularly in Boston, there's like a bunch of like Evan Fournier, Ed, Ed, Tatum, yeah, Tatum, Eduardo Rodriguez, Cam. I mean, it is. That's kind of an interesting thing to think about for whatever reason. Just Boston. Um, and but my point being is that if Cam is gonna be bad, Cam or Cam's gonna be hurt, Cam. You and you want you're trying to win games. You need Mac Jones to be game ready, and that's a pretty important component to this offseason. All right, let's take a quick break, and we come back. A couple more priorities for the offseason. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, I feel like you're just trolling Jaguars fans here, Sully. The, the, the Jaguars need to do what? What should be their offseason priority? They need to add a tight end or at least add to the position. Uh, sorry, Tim. Love you. Mean it. It was really fun watching you at Florida. Really fun watching you with the Denver Broncos beat the Steelers. You know, that it was a fun storyline. I'm pretty sure I T-bowed in my younger days when that was a thing. Sure. But it, it, to me, I, I just don't know what they're doing at the position here right now. And, and it's not even so much about Tebow. That's a side cart story. It's, it's a little bit, you know, fun and games. I'm making light of it. But you look at the depth chart there, and it, there's really not much there. And I was trying to do a little bit of research as to Trevor Lawrence. Like, did he throw it? You know, I, you know, you watch, you know, I'm, you know, I'm from Boston. College football is just not in my DNA. I watch a little bit of BC and stuff like that. But I try my best because it's obviously my job to know what kind of guys are coming out. So I watch a little bit of Trevor Lawrence. But, like, you know, I'm not as, as in, ingrained as the, the Clemson fan or anything like that. So I wanted to see – you know, did they utilize the tight ends a lot at Clemson? And they really didn't. It, it wasn't in a – They really, never really had any tight ends. There really wasn't anybody. 
Yeah, there really wasn't anybody that was, you know, an NFL talent that you could say, okay, like he worked well with him or anything like that. But as we've seen these young quarterbacks go into the league, and and I don't expect Trevor Lawrence to be any different, what's their best friend? It's it's a tight end that they can just dump off to. As much as we hype up Trevor Lawrence to be the second coming, he's still going to be a rookie quarterback that's probably going to have some lumps and is going to want to start to kind of have an outlet at the tight end position or, or something like that. So to me... I just want to find something for him to lean on when he can't find his his receivers on the outside. So to me, and I, and I don't think Tim Tebow is going to be that. This would be a sneaky situation where I would love the Jaguars to go after a guy like Zach Ertz. This would be a fun scenario where you can make a trade. I think they have plenty of cap space available. I don't know where they are, where they are, what they're signing with their draft picks. But I know that they have right now one of the highest cap spaces, if not the highest cap space in the NFL could clearly absorb a guy like Zach Ertz. He's going to be very motivated going into a contract year. He might want a new contract with Jacksonville, and if they want to do it, great. But to me, I, I would love something like that. You bring in a known veteran who you could use in the passing game. To me, that would make the most sense in the world. Yeah, I like that idea. The Tebow thing, I mean, we don't, we're not going to spend too much time talking about it, but I mean, uh, you know, the, these <laughs> off-season time, it's like, these Pittsburgh Steelers beat reporters, right? Ben looks incredible out there. Yeah, yeah, but he does. Best shape of his life. Career year, renaissance perhaps. And then the same thing with Tebow. These Jaguars reporters are out at camp. They're like, Tebow is jacked, baby. He's going to be tough to bring down. It's like, all right, okay, you know what? No. If if you're going to hype up Tim Tebow in this offseason, you're going to get all – you get first of all, you're gonna get a ton of speculation from me for the rest of anything you ever say again. And second of all, if Tebow sucks, I'm co- like I hope people come after you, not come after you, but like give you I hope your takes are exposed, is 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 my point there. But I like that. I like that Earth thing. That makes sense. They have 38 million dollars in cap space, tons of room. And I think if you're the look at this, there he is. He is jacked. I mean, yeah, he looks great, but can he actually catch a pass? You know, the, the only pass that I remember him even attempting to catch was that famous one when he was with the New York Jets where he just gets clanked off the helmet. Like, it's, right. it, you know, I don't know. It, and they say maybe he's in a Taysom Hill-type role. All right, that's great, but you still need a tight end. You still need somebody that could be that outlet for Trevor Lawrence. And, and quickly on the aside with, with Tebow, I don't know if Urban Meyer is going galaxy brain or anything like that, but, like, there is absolutely zero hype around Trevor Lawrence, and there's more hype around Tim Tebow. It's crazy. I, like, are you trying to shield I, him? I don't buy that that's what Urban Meyer is trying to do. I, do, I, it, I think it, he's probably trying to do his buddy a solid or his neighbor a solid, but like. I, I think Tebow's like, coach, I will rat you out unless you give me. Oh, a big time. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, listen, I, like, I'm going to tell, I'm going to unload. I got a, a, a closet full of skeletons. I, I have one heck of a book that I could release. Exactly. Yeah, that was my, that's my theory. He's blackmailing Urban Meyer. No, I mean, at any rate, the thing with Tebow, it's going to get. And if they take, I'm here for the only reason I'm here for Tebow is if they take Trevor Lawrence off the field, yes, or Tim Tebow, and just to watch Pete Prisco tweet about it live. I think I think Pete would melt. I think he would just. I think he would be gone. He will melt. Um, But this, you know, the Ursing makes sense. And then, just really quickly, you know, I don't think it's that crazy of an idea that the Jaguars could win this division. This is not a good division. If Carson Wentz sucks, and that's I'm not saying he will, but that's a possibility because he sucked last year. And you know, it's not this is not some magic formula to go to Indianapolis and something be great. And if the Titans catch catch a couple of bad breaks and their defense isn't good, like a couple of bad injury breaks on offense and the defense is bad, 
Jacksonville could win the division. Do I think it's likely? Of course not. This is a, it's not a good football team. It's, it's a better football team with Trevor Lawrence than it was last year, but it's still not a good football team, but you know, eight to one, I don't hate it. And that's why if you can get a guy like Zach Ertz to make your passing game better, to give you a, you know, a more, you know, a reliable weapon. That's not Tim Tebow. I don't, I don't hate the idea. So that, that, uh, that certainly makes some sense for me. Uh, you also have the saints on here. Pretty obvious what they need to do, right? Yeah, I mean, it's really just to solidify the quarterback position. You know, I it, and this is something that you could say for the Denver Broncos. This is something that you could say for a bunch of teams out here, whether, you know, these quarterback battles that we're going to see over the next few months. But for the Saints specifically, I'm, I'm just kind of curious as to which way they're going to go. I think the wins change like every week where it's like, well, you know, Jameis Winston, he's he looks really good. He's got a you know perfect arm for this offense. But then you see like a report where it's like, I don't know if Michael Thomas is going to be able to get the ball consistently. And then you see Taysom Hill. Well, you never know. He's not going to be that that hybrid guy we've seen much anymore. He's actually going to be more under center. It's going to be something different. But then you're like, well, no, he's he's Taysom Hill at the end of the day. So I, you know, I think it's going to end up probably being Jameis Winston. That's just how I feel. I, I think that that's probably how it's going to go. I think Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill in that role too much to take him out of it for any consistent amount of time. But for me, you know, it's just figure out what they want to do at that quarterback spot, whether it's, you know, decide whether it's between those two, if a quarterback becomes available, because that's a team that's often been in these rumors about, hey, you know, here comes Aaron Rodgers, here comes maybe Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, who knows. But to me, it's just figure out what you're going to do a quarterback and, and move forward because this is a team that is still pretty good. Like we were, you know, you're saying with the Jaguars, I'm talking about the Saints. If they, if one of these guys can hit, like if, if Jameis is the starter and somehow limit, eliminates his turnovers, you're right back in the thick of it. You were, a, you were a good football team with a, you know, a, a really hobbled Drew Brees. If you have a relatively good quarterback play, you're still a good football team in the NFC. I mean, Sean Payton went five and zero with Teddy Bridgewater yeah. as quarterback, yeah. and if you can get maybe a more explosive, less efficient version of that in Jameis Winston. And then you have Taysom Hill doing Taysom Hill stuff. No reason to think the Saints can't win that division. The, the Buccaneers, I mean, Pete Prisco was on HQ live from Tampa and said, oh, there's no limit to how good this team can be. Well, Pete, they won the Super Bowl last year. But I, I do agree with him in the sense that, you know, Tom Brady needed an offseason to you know coalesce with his receivers and to get on the same page and all that. And now that he's had that full year, you know, what, if they come out guns blazing early on, the, the Buccaneers could be great. But, you know, we've seen teams come off a championship and, and struggle. And if that's the case, the Saints can take advantage and potentially win the division. And if if, if Jameis Winston's good, then, yeah, they, they, they're a much more dangerous team than I think we would uh, give them credit for if if, if it was like, oh, Jameis is coming off the bench and, and Taysom starting. Uh, two more two more that we'll hit on uh, combined really quickly, and we'll get you out of here. Baltimore Ravens, Buffalo Bills. Uh, both have extensions mentioned for Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. I mean, do you, do you think we'll get those extensions? We, we should get those extensions this offseason, right? It would make sense for those teams to go ahead and knock these things out rather than push it down the road. If if I think we all believe that these two quarterbacks are future franchise quarterbacks. Absolutely. I mean, you're talking about one guy that has an MVP and the other guy that was right there at the end of last year in the MVP conversations and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. And both of these guys are eligible for extensions. Both GMs have talked about how they are open to getting those extensions done. It's just a matter of can can they get them done and, and, and what matter are they going to do it in? And it's I think it's going to be pretty interesting to watch these two guys specifically 
who's going to go first, who, because these are both, you know, probably record setting contracts or it's going to, are going to get close to it. They're going to be these guys that set the market or, or close to it. And do you want to be the first guy that goes? Because if you're Josh Allen and you go first and then Lamar Jackson comes over the top and, and gets a you know crazy contract, you're going to be kicking yourself. Or if you're Lamar Jackson, a guy who already has an MVP under his belt, and you go first, and then Josh Allen, who doesn't have an MVP, goes next and over and, and surpasses you for financial returns. Like, you know, it's really interesting to see how this kind of how this goes. Not so much even with the teams in these quarterbacks, but how these two quarterbacks and these two deals get done and what order they get done. I think they both get done. I think they both probably are executed before the season. I don't think it's any you know, a good idea at all for these teams to wait. You know, we saw with Dak Prescott, he ultimately ended up getting the bag and gotten a lot of money. But uh, were the Cowboys really better off with that yeah. story just hanging over their heads the entire time? No, it wasn't. It was you know that these are your franchise quarterbacks for the next five to eight years, hopefully injury notwithstanding. Get it done now. Give them the give them the money and, and just try to contend for a Super Bowl. So to me, that that those are the priorities for those teams. Yeah, I would agree with that. And look, uh, you know, Dak Prescott. What would be really interesting is whether or not the Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson extensions, because there's a case to be made that you just take Dak, you take Patrick Mahomes, and you slot them in there somewhere. Yeah, but the, you know, there's a five million per year difference between those two guys, and of course, it depends on how much fully guaranteed money they want to get. You know, are is Lamar Jackson going to get a hundred million dollars fully guaranteed? The you know, which would top Dak's ninety five that he got, and uh, which topped Matt Ryan's ninety four point five, which topped Aaron Rodgers ninety whatever he whatever you know whatever. They, you know, everybody's trying to top everybody else, right? Um, so the question, or I guess Matt Ryan got a hundred million total guaranteed. Aaron had ninety eight. So the question is, how will and Lamar Jackson still doesn't have an agent. I mean, I think he's still it's him and his mom. You know, so they're you know they're going to be working out those details. Presumably, you know, you bring in a, a CPA or a financial right. to, to hash out some of the the the, the ramifications of it. But it, you would it would stand to reason that both of those players do in fact get their extensions. I'm curious whether or not Josh Allen could push past Patrick Mahomes' 45 million, or if he'll, if he'll even try, or if he'll just say, "Give me 41." And let's be done with it. Because I do think he loves Buffalo. He fits in really well with that culture and that the fan base. And I mean, you know, you want to be the highest paid quarterback, but if you can bang out a $41 million a year deal that is guarantees you $150 million, do you really care about being at 46? You know, I mean, it's sure it's you like the money, but if it you know what I mean, like it's it's almost sure. like you could take the easy road here, get 41. And worry about it later and then let Lamar Jackson come in and get 42 or 43. I'm just interested about Buffalo's mindset, you know, as, as it relates with Josh Allen. As you were kind of alluding to, this is a guy that is so perfect for the DNA of your organization. Yeah. It, it, it is so – it's such a perfect fit. And you have been an organization that has just not gotten the quarterback position right since like Jim Kelly, like you just have not been able to figure it out really, whether it was Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick, EJ Manuel, it, it just, you just haven't really been able to find that guy that can take you to an AFC championship to a potential Super Bowl. And you have one in Josh Allen. Not only is he talented enough to take you to those heights as we saw last year in his, in his breakout year three campaign, but he's also just 
so perfect for your organization. That's a really hard combination to find, not only talent, but perfect for your culture. And to me, for a team that hasn't had that quarterback position, right, I almost wonder if they're just like, hey, man, we love you. Here's the bag. You know, we'll try to we'll, we'll make it work as much as possible. Whereas the Ravens, yes, you obviously want to you know lock in Lamar Jackson, but you've had a little bit more recent success. You're not that starved organization, and I, I wonder if that urgency—not to say that they they neither one doesn't want to get it done—but I wonder if there's that more desperation, that urgency from Buffalo, just because they haven't really been there as much as the Ravens have. Yeah, entirely possible. Now you could also argue that I guess Buffalo is this Josh Allen's fourth year now. He's heading into year four. Yep. Heading to year four. So they couldn't even, they couldn't, very good timing to have a breakout season in his third year. Okay, oh, this is the first time he's so. eligible for an extension. And look, we've seen these guys with Carson Wentz and with Jared Goff where it backfires badly on you when you extend these guys right away. Uh, Brandon Bean said, this is back in, uh, back in April before the draft. He said, Josh and I have spoken. I also had one conversation with his representatives. We're just going to get through the draft. And then when we get to later spring, maybe summer, there's no rush. But we'll have some kind of conversation. And listen, we would love to get Josh extended, no doubt. But it's going to be a number that works for him and works for us. And that's been my conversation with them. And they know the same. He then added that it happens when it's supposed to happen. And if it happens this year, great. If it doesn't, I'll be very positive that we'll get it done next year. The one thing that is fascinating about these contracts for both Lamar and, and um, Josh Allen is that Mahomes factor. So if Josh Allen goes out and wins the MVP next year, the does it matter? He might, you know, they might still be in this slot just because Mahomes is considered yeah. this otherworldly uh, Calvin Johnson, Adrian Peterson type for the position right now where they're like, listen, we understand you won MVP. Now, if, you, if, you, if Bill's in the Super Bowl and Allen wins MVP, different, you know, different conversation. Sure. sure. And then it's like, listen, you're, uh, if I want 50 million, I'll get 50 million. Um, but, you know, I think that Mahomes kind of creates a bit of a glass ceiling for these quarterback contracts. And, and so if you're Buffalo or Baltimore, you'd love the Mahomes contract because you, you can say, listen, you're not Patrick Mahomes. What are you going to do? I can't give you Patrick Mahomes money. Nobody gets Patrick Mahomes money. It's true. You know, that there that is a great point there. You know, I think you're probably, like you were saying earlier, probably leaning more towards Dak in terms of the guaranteed money. And that's probably what you're striving for if you're these quarterbacks because you're right. Like, at the end of the day, you're taking Patrick Mahomes over Josh Allen. You're taking Patrick Mahomes over Lamar Jackson. I, you know, at, as it stands right now, I think the only guy that even has the potential to do something, at, you know, contractually wise, as Patrick Mahomes would maybe be Justin Herbert down the line, Trevor oh, yeah. Lawrence if he lives up to it. Like, that's about the class that you're in. These like generational surprise quarterbacks and Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, clearly MVP guys, but they just don't have that that Mahomes almost security that you're going to be in the AFC championship or, or in contention for a Super Bowl on a year in year out basis. Both those guys are good, but you, they could also be first round exits. You don't almost, you, you almost don't even have that with the Kansas city chiefs. Yeah. I mean, if either one of those guys wins a Super Bowl or MVP this coming season, yeah. like if Lamar Jackson has two MVPs or Josh Allen has a Super Bowl for Buffalo. I mean, your price tag's going up. I mean, that's like, the line, but. like a great example would be if Josh Allen has the same leap, that he did going into oh. last year, it that then you're like, okay, this is a different conversation. This is a different type of player. But if he, if he just makes a gradual increase, then then you're kind of still in that under Patrick Mahomes area. Or maybe you both get knocked out of the playoffs by Patrick Mahomes, and the, and then the two teams are like, see, <laughs> see, that's, that's why we can't give you that money. Uh, all right, good stuff. Tons of uh, tons of things. Every team has something they got to work on this offseason. And uh, Tyler Sullivan has a full list of those items on CBSSports.com. Go check it out. Of course, 
Julio Jones has been traded, but that, still the article is still very good and very worth reading. As always, Sully, uh, good to talk to you, buddy. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.